Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Friday morning, and let me get in the Tefillah podcast. It's sponsored, as always, by Mishpacha Stefanski, Shetechia. And since Hanukkah is around the corner, my thoughts are driven to Alanisim, naturally. Um, which is an old prayer, but not as old as you think. I mean, there's some mention of Me'ena Ma'ora back in the Mishnah times. It really is. But as far as I understand it, Dalnisim, particularly the story, Bimimatis Yoban Yochanan and all the rest of it, I think it's post-Talmudic, I believe. And uh, I'm going somewhere with this, so bear with me. Um, and it's very interesting that it is, because that means it's from the Kufas Gaonim. I believe the earliest Nusach is in the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, uh, Shiltus Rabachai, back in the 700s. Rabachai is called Rabachai Gaon. He wasn't a Gaon. Because of politics, he was the best guy for the job of Rosh Hashiva because a Gaon meant that you were either Rosh Hashiva Surah or the Rosh Hashiva Pumbadiza. That's all. Nobody else is a Gaon. And he was the one who was qualified for the job, but he didn't play the political game right, and instead somebody else got the job who's underqualified but had the uh, protexia, let's put it this way. That's in the Igeris Shuragoni Kamita if you're interested in that. Anyhow, so uh, I believe that that's where you have the first Nusach, I think. And in general, this is just interesting. Hanukkah sees that the Gaonic period, which is after the Gemara, of course, sees a kind of um, increased activity in introducing Hanukkah into the liturgy. That's something very interesting, I just said, because I'm thinking of two institutions that emerge as best as I know from the Gaonic period, although many people disagree with what I'm saying. And one is the Alnason, and the other one is the Miguel Santiochus, which started to be read um, and accepted as something real. Really, I think it's bogus, but it started to be read in the period of the Gaonim, the easiest way to understand that is is an anti-Karaite um, institution. One of the things that happened at the Kupasagon was the rise of the Karaim. The Karaim obviously rejected things that are not in the Chumash. Uh, that's the definition of Karaim. They say the rabbis made it up. A classic example would be the holiday of Hanukkah. Obviously, they're going to say it's no holiday. It's all bogus. It's not the other. Particularly the idea of making it a Chag. Okay? And uh, the rabbis kind of doubled down on it. I think, and now that whole, and it was fights, and one of the ways you can fight against it is by saying every show should read Miguel Santiago's. For a while, there was such a custom. I remember, you want if you were going to read the Miguel Santiago's, which is, as I say before, many Bishon were into that. Um, it was read for a while in shows, obviously not anymore. <clears throat> I remember I saw Miguel Santiago's with an English translation, if you're interested in the subject, in the good old, rusty, trusty Birnbaum sitter. Remember of yesteryear? Pinchas Birnbaum, Paltiel Birnbaum, whatever they Philip Birnbaum. I have a little one home with a paperback cover that my wife had from the NCSY period back 250 years ago. And it's it's very nice. The art scroll, of course, has knocked it out. Birnbaum made a sitter 
he's a religious guy, modern Orthodox guy, from guy. If I remember correctly, he was like the principal at the uh, Hebrew school of Leo Young's Zishol, I think. Anyway, and you know, at that time, late 40s, the conservatives put out their first sitter for the first time. When they finished with the hurt sitter, they didn't want to do that anymore. And so Birnbaum tried to do something to counter the conservative, the Silverman sitter. Anyhow, that's more information that you need to, than you need to know. Now, the so you can read the Miguel Santiago, which is a few pages in Hebrew and in English. If that's something that catches your fancy, you won't exactly recognize the story there. You recognize part of it. There's a guy, Bagris, and Judah Maccabee gets killed, and it's a constant business. Um, there the word Maccabees actually appears. Anyhow, be that as it may, the uh, you would introduce, and I remember Birnbaum says something like, in Yemen or in uh, Italy, maybe, it was a minute, maybe still is, in that particular Nusach, which is a minority Nusach, it's not Ashkenaz, not Sephardi, to read the Miguel Santiago's. And part of that would be to introduce all Nisim into the liturgy of the Shemona Esrei. Uh, that is the Chazal, the rabbinical way of trying to beat out the other side by introducing something very hard, fast into the liturgy. That's the classic Jewish way. That's the rabbinic way. They introduced the Seder to counter the Egyptian narrative of the Exodus, their version, and they introduced to Al-Nasim the other things to introduce the idea of the legitimacy of Hanukkah. It's not bogus, it's not made up. It's really there. Um, and so you'll end up with these two institutions. One of them has fallen away. Nobody reads the Miguel Santiago's anymore, but Al-Nasim is still there. And that's how I understand it. You know, I, uh, like I always say, I think that's what it is. I might be wrong, that's the best of my understanding. Which is very, very interesting. Ever since then, it become hardwired into our Nusach. And uh, we don't have the full Nusach, and I don't want to get down into the halachic nitty-gritty. You know, there is a part of the al that we don't say that was in the Middle Ages debated about at the end, uh, which is something like the Passover Seder, where after you say, etc., etc., then you end by saying, Words to that effect. You know, the same way you did miracles at that time for us, make miracles now. Then you get into the halachic, nitty gritty OCD question of uh, are you supposed to put bakashos in the last three, you know, um, uh, pr- 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 uh, prayers of the Shemanesri? Those are the technical sides. I'll tell you what drew my attention. <laughs> First of all, I don't know who made up the Nusach. Of all nations, be made matzis yob and yochin koin gadol hashemanoi above, etc., etc. We don't know. There are farm them a diagnosis. You know, but I'm not know where to get it from. We don't know who made it up. It's makabel and klal yisrael. So if you want to go that way, it's okay with me. But it's not in the Talmud. I just want to be clear about that. And what's really interesting, among other things, is um, that it seems to follow the first book of Maccabees, as best as I can tell. Okay, Rabbi Biad Matim Tamein Ba'Adorim Shor Biad Tzadikim, and so forth and so. Seems to be a, a very quick rendering of the first book of Maccabees, which of course has not survived in Hebrew; it's only in Greek. And just like the first book of Maccabees, there's no mention of the miracle of the oil. It's exactly what it says in Maccabees: Achikim Bo Benechel Zvir Bisechel Fino Sechalecha Tiras Meg Deshechel Bedliku Neir Sechaskal I guarantee you, take my word for it. That's what it says in the first book of Maccabees. Don't say anything, of course, about, you know, Hidliko and Neris, 
for Shmoni Yamim and all that business. That you find in the in the rabbinic sources in the um, Miguel Sinus, which the Gemara quotes from. That's McCord, that story that we have made in the course of the evolution of the halachic practice, the central institution of Hanukkah, the menorah, how many candles, the wicks, and the whole nine yards. You know, yesterday was Thanksgiving. I'm sure you got like it every year now. It's a new shtick. They send out Hilchus Thanksgiving. Because, you know, how much turkey and, you know, women are mechaev or not, it's all a parody. You get it? It's a parody. But it's a parody based on the fact that, like, take Hanukkah or something like that. Um, we make a big deal out of the oil and the menorah, everything associated with it. We do not make a big deal in the Gemara at all about the Maccabean Wars. Now, you can give reasons for this, and there are 10 million rabbinical sermons, Rosh Hashiva type things, Mashkiach type things, Agoda Mizrahi type things, you know, what's the Iker Hanukkah, and so on and so forth. But uh, nevertheless, as we know, the Alanisim is really reading like the first book of Maccabees. The you know, uh, the Machus Yavan Harshah, Amcha Yisrael Ashkichem Torah Sech. I mean, that's the story of the Book of Maccabees. And then, you know, Atab Rachimach Ram, how's it go? Raftas, Rebam, something like that. In other words, you know, there was a revolt. And although it doesn't go into the details of the revolt, because imagine you'd be in Shemin for half hour if you start going through the details of the actual battles. You just want a quickie, you know? Just just very briefly, okay? And, of course, we do that. And, uh, you know, simply saying, That's the story of the Book of Maccabees. I just want to point out something. In the Gemara, and in the Regilus Antiochus, listen closely. It doesn't say over there the Jews were. I just want to be clear. If you go by the Talmudic sources, it doesn't say anything there that the Jews were outnumbered or overwhelmed by Greek might. That whole shot. You know what I mean? It doesn't say that in the Talmudic sources. Okay. All it says is, and you know this like I know this, and then they found one jar of oil. Whatever the language is, when the Maccabees won and conquered, they, they found a jar of oil that was okay. Maybe the Jewish army was twice the size of the Greeks. You know what I'm saying? What you and I take for granted, ever since we heard we're a little kid, that the Jews are outnumbered and this and the other, is really from the Alanism, not from the Gemara. Uh, which is just interesting. And the Alanism is really, I don't know who did it, is rendering, uh, it's rendering the, what do you call it, the, the, uh, the first book of Maccabees, the apocryphal book. It is not like the Miguel um, Santiochus, uh, which, which is uh, kind of remarkable. Because, you know, they both kind of emerged at the same time. By the way, the Miguel Santiochus take the trouble to read about it varies with our sources. I mean, I'm just pointing to the end where it says, The Jewish people set up a holiday. Listen closely. Okay. 
Um, and just to finish it up, but with him, Ainless Pope, Okay? So what did he just say? You know, how many diukim are there in the, in the tour, the Shulchan Aruch, all the rest of them? Uh, you make a hot. Is Hanukkah Mr. Basimcha? No, Purim is Mr. Basimcha. We all know Purim was Ruchni's dicker thing. I'm sorry, Purim was a Gashmi's dicker thing. Haman wanted to kill everybody. So therefore, we, we react with Gashmi's. Hanukkah was a Ruchni's dicker thing. Therefore, we act with Ruchni's. I have Hanukkah parties. You know, remember this? The tour, the Shulchan Aruch, they're all trying to figure out. Maybe it's because of the, um, what do you call it? The Mishkan was celebrated at that time or something like that. Uh, because it says, Hal of Hodah, not for Mishnah B'Simcha. Well, guess what, baby? In the Miguel Santiago's, which is quote-unquote the Fermi source, the Rambam uses it, for example, many other Mishonim, it says Beferish. Um, again, I'll say it again. al Kimu Bnei all the Jews agreed. Just like on Yantub. In other words, on Yantub, besides the Isra Malacha, there's something else called Mishnah Simcha. Simcha is Yantub. So similarly, when it went to Hanukkah, it says here in this book to Miguel Santiago's, they did like Palgin and Deborah. We won't accept the Isra Malacha, but we will accept the Mishnah Simcha. Okay? And to light candles to proclaim that God gave him victory. Why doesn't he say in Miguel's time? He says he liked the candles because of the miracle of the oil. Then there's no Hesper or no Tzom that they agree with the Gemara. Um, I forget how that works. Okay? But they didn't take on themselves. Those are the words I just read you in here. Now, when you get to Al Nisim, he kind of, you know, he lies all that sort of thing. He runs over it uh, because he's not going that way. He's not going with Gil Santiago's. Um, because it says, Isn't that what it says? Right? I mean, we all know this. Let me, let me just, you know, but, you know, you know that's the language over there. I don't have it in front of me. The Hodas Ohalo. So, uh, here it's a Mishnah Simcha. Which, by the way, Jewish history records that there was Mishnah B'Simcha. The later rabbis, who were the OCD specialists in the halachic, you know, Makoras for everything in the, in the Middle Ages, are trying to figure out where do you get all these holidays from Riboya HaMishnah. That's the Lashon of the Shulchan Aruch. On the morale and everybody. But Pashtus, if you just go strictly Talmudically, all you have is Halibut Dog. Now, so again, I repeat, we have two very interesting phenomena. Now, maybe they're competing. I could even call attention to a third phenomenon that pops at this time, since I was in Rochester the other day and spoke about it. It's that during this period, that the book of Josephus got translated into Hebrew in, in some kind of art-scrolled form called Yosephon. Mom said this time, so there's some kind of revival of interest in history. Uh, maybe it's connected with Hanukkah? That's the theory I'm just advancing. Um, in other words, somebody might want to translate Josephus simply because Josephus... And remember, Yosephon is a Fermi operation. It's not exactly an exact translation of Josephus. But you might want to have introduced that 
to tell the story of Hanukkah, because Josephus tells you in detailed form in Hebrew, in Yosephon, the story of the battles of the Maccabees. And that's an interesting, that's, that's a theory of mine. You know, I, like, I don't know. It's Mistaber. You know what I'm saying? There was a Karaite attack on Hanukkah. They say it's all bogus. Um, there's no story of the oil, no story of nothing. It's not in the Chumash, you don't have to keep anything. The rabbis counterattacks in various ways. One way is to introduce Alnism into the davening. Similar to the way they introduced Lamashinim against the, uh, you know, the original Christians, which were the, not the Karaites, but they were the sectarians earlier. So it matches it. Secondly, um, they introduced Miguel Santiago to tell you it is kind of, the argument would then be it's biblical. There's a Megillah, you know, something like that. And I'm serious. And thirdly, they would say, oh, you don't believe the stories of the first Maccabees? Because after all, it's in Greek, and who can read Greg? Greek, Egonic Babylonia? I can give you Josephus or Yosephon. Now I can read all the stories of Judah Maccabee, and believe you me, if you want to go down through Jewish history, our ancestors, my great-great-great-grandfather, your great-great-grandfather, and so on and so forth, we go back far enough, to the degree that they were intellectuals, long ago, long, long, long ago, they were ever interested in the Hanukkah story. You ain't going to find it in the Gemara, right? And unless you're an archaeologist, you know, like a like a historian like I am, you know, you're not going to go rifling through all the different dates in Megillus Titus to tie it all together. And they didn't have access to the Apocrypha. So where do you get it from? Where did the Jew, in the time of the Gonim, Rishonim, get the stories of Judah Maccabees' battles? Not going to get it in the Megillus Antiochus, which is very brief in, in the... He lies a lot of things. Speaks in very general terms. Where are you going to get the battles? The answer is Yosifun. Look in the kids of Shulchan Hark. It says the father of the family lights the candles. They say whatever they say, you know, I mean, on there is a low, something like that. Then the father sits down and reads to the family from Yosifun. This is, we're talking 1700s, 1600s, 1500s, and all the way back. So that would be the place. And that is how Claw Yisrael, over the centuries, learned the story of the Maccabean Wars. I mean, where'd you get it from? Where'd you get it from? There's no safer. The answer is Yosifun. Now, nowadays, a different story. In my lifetime, everything's been translated. As I mentioned many times, I discovered this long, long, long ago because at the Hebrew College Library, which I used to roam, they had... This whole set that came out around 1950 from Dropsy College, which they translated the uh, books of the Maccabees and other parts of the Apocrypha and the Pseudepigrapha, with a Jewish translation, not a from translation, but a Jewish translation. And so nowadays, a new ball game. you can, if you wish to, if that's what you want to do, you can access the original source. The first book of Maccabees, second book of Maccabees, you can evaluate it. Is this true? It's not true. You can critically analyze it. You know... It's it's available to people, but long ago wasn't that way. Who was a who was a Greek specialist, you know, that could get hold of a thing and it would be a part of the Christian Bible? From Jew probably want to look at it. I mean, you know, all that kind of thing. The answer is Yosefun, and Yosefun has all the stories of the Judah Maccabee Wars and the post Maccabee Wars. It's a little bit not exact, as we'll find. Josephus himself was not hundred percent exact when he retells the story of the Book of Maccabees. You want to have fun. Are you intellectually going to have fun? Read the first and second book of Maccabees. I mean, it's Hanukkah this week. Then go read the Josephus part, see how he like shoots the bull a little bit. And then read Josephus and see how he shoots the bull on Josephus.
And that's how, you know, it's like the telegraph game. You know what I mean? One kid tells another, another tells another. You know what I mean? Okay. I want to just share one concept here, which is interesting to me, that I thought about. And that is, we always say, Ram Biad Matim Rishon Biad uh, how's it go? So again, the Greeks were, were giborim, the Jews were chaloshim, were weak. Okay, I get that. They outnumbered us. I get that too. That's very interesting. Now I know what it means. I can read Hebrew. That the Goyim are the Tameim, the Jews are the Tahorim. I'm only saying like this. Rabin biad me'atim you hear of. But to me, biad herm is funny. Because usually when something tummy comes into contact with something tor, the tohor thing does not make the tummy thing tohor, but instead, the tummy thing makes the tohor thing tummy. Did I confuse you? If you mix together in Judaism the pure and the impure, the pure won't make the impure into pure, but the other way around. Just coming into contact with the impure will make you tummy. Isn't that the din? So it's just interesting. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I'm not into a footnote. You know, one of those type of people try to explain that. That the Tome came into the hands of the Tahorim, and the Tahorim did not become Tome. It, it's kind of interesting. Right? You know? And uh, this is just funny. Because I was thinking about it this morning, so I asked myself the question Is there Bitzel at all by Tome? Do we ever have a concept that something tummy can become tohar? Uh, by you know, how would it be? And it, there is in the Gemara occasionally, rarely, the concept of bittel tuma. I mean, one little bottle barov, you know, something tummy with a bunch of tor things. Although it's complicated, there are chronim one because why don't you say, you know, the first second the tummy thing touches the tor, it makes it all be tummy. But without getting too nitty gritty in this. Uh, I did something which is kind of funny, and I leave this to you to follow up over Hanukkah if this is something you want to pursue. This is interesting, ideationally. I whipped out my rusty, trusty Kovitz Yisodin Shachakiris, that wonderful cheater book from Rabbi Keshek, which is very fat, which gives you all the raid in classic stuff in very condensed form. It's a really, really wonderful book. And Kovitz Hakiris with Yisodas or something like that. Kovitz Yisodas with Hakiris. And he looked up under Bittel. This thing is very good in Bittel. He gives you all the raid, all the Achronim, and things like that. And I looked around and said, what does he have in Bittel Tumah? And he says that they, the Achronim, the Hakiris, are as follows. Tumah Shabbatl wrote on the subject of Tumah became Bottle, meaning and therefore wasn't Tumah anymore. By mixing with a robe. Um, see, here in Hanukkah, you'd say like this The Maccabees had a robe of Tahara. Uh, like I say, that's like a Hutner void. But whatever. Hatuma Atzma alone is Batla. So, is it to shot when you say Tuma is Batla? That really, like Heter Nisabakli is Isser? I said the other way around. Isser Nisabakli is Heter? Do you tell me through Bittal that which is bad becomes good? Or do you simply say you neutralize the bad? Only the dinim and the surim are bottle. This is in the savior of Kovitz and Yonim 
Rabbi David Cohen Rappaport. I'm not sure who it is. Is that the Sukkot David guy? I don't know. Hebuchanan Wasserman is stopping Bekli Tomish in the Sar Bekli Torah. The Tova is cool. Therefore, if you have a Kli Tomi that got mixed up, Rebuchanan says, with a bunch of vessels that are torn, you toveled all of them. The Acher Kachu Kolezik Yitomi, and then you recognize which one it is. Haim Tvila Ho'ilo, with the Tvila count, because do you say that at the time you put it in, it, it was bottle baroque or not? Right? If you say it's, if the, the tum is bottle, then then the, the whole clay is fine. But if you say only the dini tuma, then it's not fine. Uh, and then that led me to pull out a more, more obscure book, which uh, called Sefer Hakiris. This is a super yeshivish baby. And he has all these hakiris that goes wild, like hakiris on steroids. And just for the heck of it, I looked, and I said, in part of Bittel Barov, it's a short thing. And he says over here, um, where is it? Bittel Barov. I think he was talking about the yeah, here it is. Yesh Lachker being against Rebbe Chonon apparently in the Kils Yaakov and Chulin, the Shalmi Mayor. Yesh Lachker behach the Kaimel and Dover Hamiut Hamasar Barov. When you do bit of Barov by you know, literally, but the Miut becomes part of the Rov. So is it shot Misbatel Mishdan Adino? So does it become literally transformed? Benepach Lias Karov. Right. Ein Din Bittel Gorm Shinu BeAtzmas Adover. So is the bittel changed the nature of it? So I guess you say like this: there was tumah and tahara, tahorim. As a result, of this encounter, the tamein became tahorim. Well, let me say this: and here, if what I said is true, that the nusr al nisim seems to be copying down the first book of Maccabees, then it could very well be. That the Nusach Tmein Ba'atorim might refer to the Hellenist Jews. Rabbin Biad Matim, that would be the Greeks. But Tmein Ba'atorim sounds like it would it could be the Jews, which is is historically correct if you follow the Nusach of the first book of Maccabees. The Hanukkah, of course, was primarily a civil war between two sets of Jews. Obviously, the Greeks were involved majorly, but the heart of it was two sets of Jews, like the Vietnam War was like that. And um, the question becomes, as a result of Hanukkah, um, were the Tameim handed over to Torah? And, you know, Isra and Sabakli is Hector. Did the Hellenists become good guys? Or simply were they neutralized? You see? They, they remained who they were. Oh, the Eno Shinoi Atzvah Sadavar, Rakhlinian Dini Hanhagah, is it simply external, but not internal, intrinsic? Um, I think there'd be a very nice speech that you can give if you follow through what I said today and give it a little bit of thought. What's the shot with the main Tamein Is referring simply to the Greeks, which it could be, whereas it may be referring to the different sets of Jews. And the Tamein Ba'atahorim Historically, the bad guys did not become good. 
as a result of the Hanukkah miracle. Uh, it's not even clear they became good as a result of the Maccabean wars. Because when you follow through the book of Maccabees, I mean, the, we don't know what happened to the Hellenists. There's a whole theory, um, Yitzhak Isaac Alevi about them, but it's a theory. You can read in the Victor Miller book, Torah Nation. But it's a theory. So the concept of Tamein Biatahorim and trying to locate in its historical background is to me just an interesting enterprise as we are this week. You're about to start saying over and over again the prayer of Alanisim, of course, by dominating and benching. Give a little thought to what the whole thing means on the inside. But remember, it doesn't talk there about the oil. It does exactly like the book of Maccabees. Pino Anyway, that's what I'm speculating about. Once again, I want to thank Mishpacha Stefanski, as always. And Hanukkah's around the corner. I hope maybe Sunday or Monday they'll be able to talk about Hanukkah uh, this week. I think I might have somebody for that. And with that, I wish you all a good shot. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.